Welcome into episode 223 of the Modern Drummer Podcast with Mike and Mike. We hope everyone had a nice holiday break if you got a chance to take one. Um, this episode is brought to you by Dream Symbols. Please go to dreamsymbols.com, hit the products tab under the menu, and have a look at all the various lines that they offer if you haven't done that in a while. Give you a quick rundown. They have um, the Bliss series, which is a very thin uh, line of kind of vintage sounding b20 symbols they have the vintage bliss with this which is more of a paper thin lower profile very wispy and airy you have the contact series which is more of the medium thin vibe energy is more of a medium weight uh, dark matter is a raw really dry sounding line so between those you've got all of your basics covered your basic palette they have audio samples of all this stuff on their website check them out also check out some of their other uh, product offerings like the tri hats which is a really cool idea they give you three hi-hat symbols of different weights so you can combine them to get different sounds they have the ignition packs which are uh, pre-packs that are great for you know rehearsal studio or a student or a practice kit you've got the reFX line which is a bunch of recycled um, specialty items they also have some stacks that are designed to go together they also have symphonic hand symbols and they have some tuned percussion like cortales and tuned gongs if you want something a little bit more melodic so check them out go to dreamsymbols.com look at the products tab all right let's get this show going we've got an intro beat which is was stemmed from our discussion of danny carey's beat for eulogy so check this out and see how far this went um, away from the sound of tool into something a little bit more lush and atmospheric let's get the show going I'm excited today. I'm, I'm green teed up. I'm ready to go. You're green teed up, and I've got a tennis ball lodged in my lower back so I can kind of unlock this spasm that's happening. <laughs> Man, that's got to be good for work. That's got to be just so enjoyable around the holidays. Fun to have an office job, and you have to sit at a desk all day long. Anyway, how about, how about Elizabeth's <laughs> intro? <laughs> okay, well, she started off quite. She started us off with a positive note. That was amazing. Yeah, so cool. You so know, that is Elizabeth from South Carolina. She sent a note about this, so she was listening to us kind of wax on about the uh, Danny Carey eulogy beat. She decided she wanted to learn it, and after a few weeks of practice. Um, she felt like she had enough of it down, and then her husband overheard what she was doing, and then they collaborated and they made that awesome track. So, us so complaining cool. about how much we hate that beat turned into something pretty beautiful. <laughs> I think that sounded great. Absolutely, and I love that it's a different tempo. Everyone that messes with that beat, yeah, they have it locked in at the Danny tempo, you yeah, know, at the tool tempo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and it was just like, oh wow, this thing really breathes down here, and it it actually sounds less polyrhythmic and less confusing at that tempo. I thought it was awesome, and the fact that she recorded that with the EAD ten shows that if you really care about what you're doing. And you have decent recording gear, you're going to be just fine. You can yeah. do anything. Yeah, we'll come back to that thing later because that's going to be part of my uh, shopping list. But yeah, and you Ooh. know what? If she wouldn't have Damn told it. me that that was the eulogy beat, I wouldn't have never have guessed the totally, reference. Right? Which that's what I love about when you can draw inspiration from something and create something totally new. No one ever has to know where you're getting that source material from. Yeah. Heads up, guys. When you watch my YouTube videos and at the end I say, all right, so I hope you got something out of that. Remember, I give you the blueprint, but you have to build the house. That's what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> build your own house. <laughs> build, your, build a house. Quit, quit showing up to my house with my blueprints. I've seen them. 
Build a house. Elizabeth oh, built a house. That reminds me. So we're going to go from an awesome, beautiful experience to, can I just go a little bit dark for a second? Yes. Yes. I don't know Dawson Dark is, a- is one of our best segments. <laughs> I don't know if this is a good thing or not, but I actually got accused of stealing someone's ideas for the first time in my entire life. Oh, and my And by gosh, someone okay. who has no reason to ever accuse me of that. Super strange, because wow. I would be like, well, if it was Zach Danziger or Will Calhoun or Matt Chamberlain or Steve Jordan. Someone that you're clearly influenced by. <laughs> I would be like, sure, man. I use a wave drum. Will Calhoun, you can accuse me of drawing my original inspiration from you. But... It was sure. just. It just took me aback. I was like, "Wait a minute! Since when does playing the drums by themselves become someone's intellectual property?" <laughs> like, get the hell out of here! <laughs> oh, get the hell out of here! I don't have time for this, man. That's funny. We should talk about that on a future episode. I would love to go down the path of musical and creative IP in the modern landscape that we're in. Because I did something yesterday that I never do, which is I typed the term drum lessons into YouTube. Mm. I, I I kid you not. This happens to me every year at NAM. Some guy comes up to me, some girl comes up to me, what's up man, how you doing? Like I don't know if you see my stuff. It's a <laughs> drum beats for kids that make drums that makes beats online dot biz. <laughs> And I just have to like tell them like I'm so sorry, but the I haven't seen a drum lesson on YouTube in maybe five years because it's just not when I get to YouTube I'm trying to soak in so it's all videos about how to make better videos and color correction and color grading like mm. if you saw my dashboard on YouTube or what YouTube chooses to show me there's no drums on it and if there is it's probably it's more skewed towards gear like microphones and preamps yeah me too yeah. Um, so I'm like, man, I'm so sorry, I don't know. But I was just like, you know what? I haven't. I don't know what the current. I I'm in my bubble. Like I make YouTube videos every week, drum mm-hmm. lessons, but they're not based off anything. They're actually more based off of other creators making videos about cameras and lenses. Mm-hmm. That's my influence. So, anyways, y'all stop stealing my stuff. <laughs> my God, I freaked the hell out. Yes, I haven't seen. I didn't know. Oh my Elizabeth, God, I was like, this what? is all your fault. just put us in the wrong spot (laughs) well she did something original so we got to talk about the native but yeah i was shocked i was like oh my god i mean all the way down to like what is up youtubers and facebook cats hope you guys are doing absolutely fantastic i'm bob schmeckenmeyer and i was like no damn you stole my you stole my speech cadence so anyways uh there are a few of you out there that if you come up to me at NAM, I might have a different vibe this time because now I've seen your stuff. You need to change your wall color. You need to stop framing your symbols. And damn, man, it was bad. Oh, I, Merry I Christmas, Amber, everyone. Happy New Year. Hope you had a good I was like, Amber, go into, go into Google now and delete my history because I can't have that show up again. I, I freaked the heck out. I was, I was hot. Anyways. Well, it, it wasn't you that accused me of stealing because no. I sh- no. Uh, but I, I will say this, like I, I have to, I was accused of the same thing. You and I had to talk about it mm-hmm. on something a while ago and I had to really think, okay, what, what is it that could upset somebody that they feel is their intellectual property? And then I had to think of that on my end. Like if you teach note for note, something I have taught, I actually don't find that to be stealing whatsoever. Cause where do you think I got it from somewhere, some mm-hmm. book, some lesson in modern drummers, you know, pages 20 years ago, my intellectual property is my delivery method. Mm. And it might be even 
the look of the room or something like that. And those are the things where I'd be like, all right, man, it's, it's complimentary for a while, but now it's getting a little out of control. But when I thought about the person that was accusing me of stealing stuff, I had to really think like, what are you talking about? Like, you can't be talking about what you're actually talking about because that's like the world. Like, yeah, you know, if, if somebody said, Hey, are you using a Canon five D Mark three? <laughs> you are done in my book. I'd be like, what? I think they sold a, a 60,000 of those last quarter. So, uh, yeah, it is a, it is a tricky thing. And that's why if you look at the people that you and I go out of our way to support on this podcast, it's not because they're the best drummers. It's because they're original and they make their own mark and they put their own stamp on things. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Why, why do you think we're covering Gunner this week? It's <laughs> right. not because he's the best drummer in the world. It's because the dude has his own way of doing it. He's original. <laughs> and he, we look at him and go, I think I could do that. And that's inspirational. Yeah. And that's all I want. If you're, if you're teaching online drum lessons, I mean, it's not like I thought I'd have this market forever like there was a few years where i'm like is really no one's gonna do this this is amazing i expected this to be the norm now what i want you to do is put your own stamp on it deliver that information in a creative way where yes we're all gonna have to teach the paradiddle how did you deliver that information that becomes your ip and then if you do it in a way that i've never seen before i am i'm on your team i'm gonna promote you well there's always so many things and the thing is i'm i'm not I'm not teaching, so there's no like actual copyright ideas that I I was literally yeah. improvising on the drums, and someone said, "Hey, where'd you get those ideas?" I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" Like, that, is, that 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 stuff's a little like. <laughs> that's when you write back with a "This is a you issue, not a me issue." Well, Love I mean, you, bro. The only way I can summarize it is that it, obviously, yes, it's it's more of a you're getting you're getting more attention than I am for something that I'm also doing. Therefore, right. yes. you must of have. And I've been doing it longer than you, so therefore, you must have gotten these ideas from me. But I'm like, seriously, Matt Chamberlain's not going to accuse me of stealing stuff. And I've played his beats like note for note before. Like, give me a break. <laughs> right. Like, the ones yeah, who really I, could accuse me. Will Calhoun should say, hey, dude, cool, you got a wave drum. But I'm not, like, transcribing Will Calhoun's wave drum loops and then playing to them right. and then claiming them as my own. It's just, no, I liked what he did with the wave drum. I got a wave drum. I improvise on it. I play over top of it. It's just an idea. Yeah, and I, I think, honestly, and you know that we, you and I both grew up as big Living Color fans and, and big Will Calhoun fans. I watch every video you've ever made. I'm sorry, Will has never entered my mind once. Yeah. Not once. And I really mean that as your friend. Like, I've never thought, I've never made that connection. I, I feel honestly that the combination of your personal DNA, which is your training from your background and how much time you spent in school music, that along with the influences of Will, of Matt Chamberlain, of Steve Jordan, of all your influences together make this thing that is not any of them. It's you. And that's, I mean, same thing. Everything I play on the drums at some point, James Gadsden could be like, Hey, you know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I did do that. Nobody and it's like, can claim ownership of, of drums. Stuff. I mean, it's just insane. And, and it wasn't Will, obviously. It wasn't <laughs> Will that came Let's out just be clear me. here. Will Calhoun <laughs> is in the clear. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, well, I, I, I think that, that, you know, for me, I dealt with the hate on YouTube in the early days where it was out of control and we were dealing with a a truly seismic shift in the industry of when I started doing it, people truly hated me because they were like, you're doing something that's meant to be done 
one on one in a room. Ooh, yeah, but you, you were, were doing taking it through on your computer. The whole industry, yeah. And yeah. it was tough. And they were they were like there was message boards dedicated to like mm. going almost JFK on. <laughs> like let's take this kid out. <laughs> it was scary. I was like, dude, how could you hate me this much? But that being said, <laughs> I think the one thing that got me through was I knew for a fact that I was a private drum instructor. So it's like, hey, just so you guys know, I kind of agree with you. Yeah. I, I still don't think there's anything that can take the place of private drum instruction. Um, and then eventually, yeah, I just, I stopped responding. I, I just, you just kind of grow this tough skin about it. But, uh, so thanks Elizabeth. Uh, that <laughs> intro groove is killing and we're just in such a good mood right now. Okay. You and I were going to look back on night on 2019 a little bit, Yes, but I think it. the most fun part of this podcast will be our next segment which is going to be our shopping list we're going to hit gear recommendations for under 50 under 100 under 500 and under a thousand so we'll get to that in a little bit now as far as 2019 i don't i can't remember anything that really shook up the industry on a gear level yeah um i, don't think, there was. I think gear just like you and i were talking before the podcast things stayed actually went kind of backwards to like hey let's just make some good solid gear i felt like Meinl launched those, and obviously I talk about Meinl and Gretsch a lot because those are my companies that I know the most about. But I think when they launched at NAM last year, the Foundry Reserve yep. setup, that was them saying, okay, we've gone as crazy as we're willing to go. These symbols would be the ones you'd keep in your collection for the next 60 years, and that, and, and they will age perfectly, and they will always sound like symbols. And I think when they did that, because out of all the symbol companies, they're the ones that every NAM take the biggest risks a lot of times um, and put everything behind the risk where mm-hmm. some of the other companies might take crazy risks, but they're tucked in the corner. Yeah. Yeah. Minel's like, we are only releasing bells this year. <laughs> we cut all the symbols off. Um, so that would not so anyways, be smart. Don't do that. No. <laughs> so when they did that, I think that was a, a big sign of. Can we just get some snares that sound like snares, some drum sets that sound like drum sets, and some cymbals that sound like cymbals? Yeah. So you can only push it so far. And and yeah, you saw Sabian with their HH HH complex, which is you know like they went back to like fully hand hammering and making just really complex right. but beautiful sounding cymbals. Zildjian revamped their K lines. So you've got the Sweet series, and I mean it's like everyone just said, okay, let's take what we got and just make it a little bit better. Yeah, and, um, and it was getting a bit confusing for a while. The other thing that I thought really stood its ground in 2019, and I didn't know it was going to happen, was that the boutique companies really like hunkered down and stuck around. A and F, low boy beaters, uh, you know, reflex practice pads, like all the ones that kind of made it in 2017, 2018, they're not gone. They're here and they're doing better than ever. Big fat snare drum is like a fully accepted. You yeah. put a zero ring on your kit now, and people are like, oh, is that a big fat snare drum? Like, what? How do you know no. what that is? No, this is a zero ring. That has been around since the 80s. Yeah, um, that's, that's pretty wild. Yeah, that, I think that's it's been, and it's all been like the really good craftsmen. Like, I don't think we're, we're exactly, there's no, there's no scams out there anymore. Like, Doc Sweeney is making insanely good solid drums. We've got solid drums over in Switzerland who's making insanely good stave drums. We've got Sugar who's doing his, Jeffers is doing his mm-hmm. thing. It's like everyone is just focused on, and you know, uh, Bruce is doing his three ply shells, and Chris is doing his. I mean, it's just like everyone's just decided, all right, this is what I do, and only I guess you have to be crazy enough and just stubborn enough, and also exceptionally talented. 
So, which is we're in a and pretty prime spot, I think. For we should definitely here. mention Nicky Moon because he's one of the few that took on the symbol industry. That's yeah. something that's not happening. It's I, I feel like at some point you could be a very average drummer that's just a hobbyist and you're just kind of into it, and you could order a Keller shell and go to Drum Supply House and order some lugs and some tension rods yeah. and some hoops and make your own snare, and then that triggers you to be like, I'm going to have my own company. I think that that's easier than somebody saying, hey, can you lathe this symbol for me? Yeah, right. Let like, me, let no, me I a, cannot. A symbol blank and just start smashing it up. That's true. Yeah, and I'm predicting next year for him is going to be a good year as well. So we'll get into that. But Awesome. Yeah, I think it's the best time to be a drummer in, in a... In, I mean, just a, it's just the best time to be part of this industry because it's like you don't need... I don't see all the big brand loyalty, which is probably bad for the industry, the business side of it. But I love seeing people playing mix of vintage kits and modern snares and mix cymbal setups, and yeah. you know, or or being more localized. Like if you're in a certain area, you play that custom guy's stuff. I mean, I also I love, love seeing stuff. great players playing twelve hundred dollar kits, yeah, because true. they sound fantastic. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I can't tell you how many times I've been at a club seeing uh well yes i can because i don't go out uh three but (laughs) but no i mean there are times where i just (laughs) i think i think to myself like oh my gosh this drummer is killing and then i get a little bit closer i'm like is that a catalina or is that a thomas silverstar yeah and so you know our medium priced kits our pdps are, are starting to rival are great, you know, high end kits. So I love that. I think that's a really cool thing. I think same thing with the symbols. We're able to get that going. Now, the one thing that I think is changing is that the hobbyist drummer, because of the world that we're living in and because of social media, is being forced to dive into recording whether they want to or not. Yeah. You're you're having to <laughs> capture your stuff because even for me as an educator, to show me what you did, you have to send me a video. So you do it with your phone, Mm -hmm. and then eventually you see my other students doing it with microphones and an interface and a decent camera, and you're slightly embarrassed by your content, so you step up your game and you ask me, what mic should I get? And that trend is happening all the time where I think almost every educator in the world now has to have their two-mic, four-channel interface recommendation Mm -hmm. ready to go. Because they will, and then what camera? I will say this, that iPhone 11 Pro is no joke of a camera. Yeah. Yeah, I did a full interview with one of them a couple weeks ago, which I can't really reveal it yet. But yeah, it was like, well, this is better than the DSLR that we have. Well, and so what it is, just to make this quick, I don't want to go on on my camera tangents, but what it is, is it's making better choices with its gear than you're making with your DSLR. Mm. Right? If I gave your DSLR to Steven Spielberg, it'd probably be pretty decent. Right. But the, the iPhone is just saying it's taking into account how much light, what the color temperature of the room is. It's taking all of that into account, where the focus points are, the face detection. It's just doing it for you. So it's, And I think that DSLRs have always struggled with their auto functions. Their auto mm. white balance, their auto lighting is actually pretty bad. Yeah. So it's either you know how to use your camera or just use a phone. But I, you know, I had the iPhone 8 be, for the last year because when I got the 10, I... Uh, I dropped it and broke it right away. Um, <laughs> Sweet. And because Amber can't tell the difference between the 10 and the 8 with the case on, I just didn't tell her. Uh, so, And luckily, I still had an old 8. So anyways, because she, she'd be like, we just spent a grand on that. And I'd be like, huh? You mean this broken thing? So anyways, uh. I used the 8 for a long time, and the 8 had this vibration thing in it where it was trying to correct 
uh, through stabilization for any vibrations. But if you put it on a tripod and played drums, even though nothing was moving, it was trying to correct because it was feeling the vibrations. Mm-hmm. And you just could; it was unusable. And I, I mean, the the iPhone 11 Pro just blew me away. I could set it on the ground right next to the kit with the wide angle lens, which is awesome that it comes with three lenses now. Mm-hmm. And and nothing. I mean, it was smooth and it didn't hunt and hunt for focus. So it's really good. So I think we're in a good place if you have a decent set of mics and you know how to use your software to get your video from your phone into some software. And then mix that with your audio. We're in a good place where almost everyone can make great videos just to share with other people. So I think that that's, you know, as far as our 2020 predictions, you and I spoke about this previously. I think we're in a place where we'll just see that more return to to just good sounding stuff. Yep. Um, I hope so. I mean, I think it's already there. And, and I like that it well, kind yeah, of levels the playing ground. Because the prices are coming down. It's like, yes. okay, now now there's no more separation. It's not if you have a ton of money, you can sound and look better than everybody else. It's more like, yeah. are you talented or not? And that's the ultimate for me. Like, what is your talent? Absolutely. Find the easiest way to document it and share it with the world. Just be done with yeah. it. There we go. All right, let's get into some fun. All right. So this is our 2020, it's really our 2019, you just got some Christmas money gear recommendations. <laughs> right. Uh, so that was the idea behind it. Mike and I were on the phone the other day. Shocking. We actually do every once in a while talk outside the podcast. <laughs> and we were just chatting and I, I said, like, what What should we tell people to do when Aunt Judy gives you that 50, that 50 spot in the card? And then you have to like pretend like you're reading the text so that it looks like you really care about what she wrote, but you just want to get that 50 in your pocket as fast as you can. Can we get rid of just cards in general? Can we just make Dude, it just, a, a no Just more? give me a handshake. Give me a crisp <laughs> Italian handshake with a 50 in it. Like, let's move on. Um, thanks, Aunt Judy. So anyway, so we've got gear recommendations for 50 and under, 100 and under, 500 and under, and 1,000 and under. First up is the 50 and under. What do you got, Mr. Dawson? So we're just going to do one. I mean, I've got like a couple options for each one. I do, too. So So how about we do an honorable mention and then then you're you're sticking with it? Okay. Well, I'll say one that's – it's for roughly 50 because you can find them at 50, but I think they actually sell for 59. This will be my honorable mention. Do not. Do not even – if it rhymes with P-Flex – <laughs> no, no. Okay, okay. Because no, it's fifty nine as well. I mean, come on. Last week we, re- I expressed my disdain for. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> pad. Okay, I cool. I'll be a hypocrite right. to then say go buy a practice pad. My practice <laughs> pad is my right thigh. Okay, so. Oh my god. So my honorable mention because it's technically beyond the limits would be the Tama Classic Symbol Stand, which is a mm. a super lightweight, incredibly durable. Symbol stand, based like the old, the old vintage ones, but they've kind of made it a little bit better, you know, with a solid top. So I use that on every gig. It's it's only fallen over when I played outside and it was windy. So and it's it's just ironically saving my back as I'm sitting here with a back spasm. So the Tama Classic stand. If you need anything for gigging, get one. That's honorable mention. That's my honorable mention. Okay. What do you got? Oh, okay. So we'll go honorable mention. Yeah, back. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, clearly highly produced podcast <laughs> as we figure this out live. Uh, so my honorable mention would be at the $59 mark as well. And that would be the reflex practice pad <laughs> because you have to have, be on a pad. Uh, 
my thought about practice pads in general, and this is not related to my Mike's spat last week, is that the best practice pad on the planet is the one that makes you practice on it. I promise mm-hmm. you that even though Reflex has the soft surface and a more bouncy surface, I, I really do not believe that it is any better for you than a pillow, your thigh, the side of your shoe, mm-hmm. or a Vic Firth pad, or a, uh, anybody else's pad. I think whatever causes you to practice is the best pad on the planet. And for whatever reason, at the moment, Reflex pads have the, the inspirational mojo. Mm-hmm. So get one in your favorite color. And practice. So, I, are the colored yeah. ones different than the original ones? Nope. So it's nope. exactly the same. Yep. He's got one model, and it's uh, I think it's just called like the R one or I don't know what it is, but yeah, it's and so uh, one thing that people probably don't notice right off the bat is that those foam sides um, are recessed into the actual. Mm. Um, middle material so they're actually thicker than they appear to be because they're recessed and the only thing that i would say that's a negative on that pad is the articulation if you're trying to really clean up your drumming now if you're trying to build speed build some endurance killer pad right Uh, if you're trying to just work out some ideas killer pad as well i do like having almost like a piece of plywood style pad sometimes Mm -hmm. where i i want to hear the clarity of my notes yeah Uh, especially if you're going to play with someone else like drum lines or something you would Totally, absolutely. So that's my honorable mention. What is your actual pick? Okay, so my actual pick is a $30 bass drum beater by DW. It is the Black Sheep beater. So this is a wood beater painted black that also comes with a black fleece cover. So you can go from a wood beater to a fluffy fleece beater. So combine that with your standard felt beater, which you probably already have. You've got your three basic bass drum sounds covered with two beaters. So that's $30. Get it. Dang, that is dope. All right, uh, this may come as no surprise to some of you, but I know that Mike is going to go drum-centric, so I'm going to kind of veer around with the creative world. For $52 a month, I'm a little outside. Yeah, a little you're outside. breaking your red flag. I will, <laughs> I will send you all $2. Uh, for $52, for anyone that does this, Mike's lessons will discount your membership by $2. Um it would be the well. It depends on what plan you go with, but it's the Creative Cloud All Apps membership plan, and that's Adobe's plan to get you Photoshop, Lightroom, mm-hmm. Adobe Premiere, Adobe Audition. Um, I am recording this podcast in Adobe Audition right now. As soon as this is over, I will be filming a YouTube video that I will be editing in Adobe Premiere. As soon as I leave, I'll be doing some stories on Adobe Rush. I I just think that it is nice to have all of your creative stuff all done by one company so you're not learning 20 different shortcuts yep. for every program and i also know the difference between back in the day stealing software and never being able to get support never being able to update it i mean that was the worst like oh mm. they just introduced all these new updates i'm like well i can't because mine is ripped <laughs> yeah. uh thanks Kazaa. and so <laughs> so having the membership where every time they come out with an update you're like yeah i want those new features and you just press update it's worth it in my book. So uh, the Creative Cloud membership, and there are cheaper versions. That's just the $52 a month is if you get all of it and you're paying monthly, not annually. It's under 50 if you get a few things taken off. Like maybe you don't need all of their apps. Maybe you don't need After Effects and mm. different things. So you can kind of customize the plan. So that is my under 50, but slightly over 50 all right. recommendation. So bump it up to 100. Boom. 
neither one of these is an honorable mention, so I think it's going to be depending on what what path you're into in your drumming. So if you're looking to create digital content, my what? with with a with an iPhone or some sort of uh, smartphone, I think you have to have an interface that works with it. So either the Roland Go mixer or the Shure MVI, both of those are a hundred bucks. They are the tool to get stuff out of your 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 mixing board, whatever, into your cell phone. I use the Go mixer almost every day. I've used the Shure MVI for a long time before that. They're both great. They both have different features and strengths and weaknesses. But either way, you need one of these. That's only a hundred bucks. Love it. I think All right. the, the Shure, by the way, is a mic pre and a line input, whereas the Roland, the $100 one, is all line inputs. Nice. Uh, so my $100 recommendation is the TuneBot Studio. Sweet. Then I don't have to have a second choice. That was going to be my second choice. Okay. <laughs> the TuneBot Studio is something that uh, now I've been using. If you've been to drum camp, you've seen me use something different, and that is the TuneBot Gig. The TuneBot Studio is the $100 one, and I really love the fact that you can save your tunings. Yep. Super important. Uh, it's got a multicolored LCD display. Filter modes, super important there because if you're trying to tune your drums at a gig and your guitar player is also tuning and your bass player is playing some notes, it's nice to filter all that stuff out so that it's only hunting for the frequency of the tension rod or the lug that you're tuning at that time. Uh, so yeah, so the TuneBot Studio, and you can find it on Reverb for way under $100 if you get a used one. I can't imagine somebody used it so bad that it won't read notes I mean, anymore. Yeah, so. How do you use it? You just turn it on. <laughs> exactly. So unless you're a little OCD, I mean, you could Purell the thing and it's going to be fine. Just dip it in Purell, let it dry, you're fine. So we'll give uh, you, so, uh, that was also my point, my pick. So I'll give you a little real world okay. experience with it just last night. So I had my crazy experimental kit set up. I got a call from someone that says, hey, I need you to do this track. I want it to sound exactly like Be My Baby, the classic 50s or 60s pop song, whatever it is. Sure. So I turned on the original, found the key signature of the song, found what, what note the snare drum was tuned at. I had the whole kit dialed in perfectly to the track in maybe five minutes. I did one take. Wow. I sent it off, done. So I had the whole session done, even with mixing, half hour. And it was just the confidence of knowing, all right, the drum sounds, you, they're right. <laughs> they're 100% yeah. accurate. And I just had to play the part correctly. Done. So if I wouldn't have had wow. the tune bot, I probably would have spent that much time just getting the snare drum tuned, honestly. Yeah, and I can only imagine when you're tracking, when you hear those drums in that tuning, that it also puts you in the right mood playing-wise. Yeah. You're not going to be playing a bunch of chops. You're going to... You have, you have that 50s feel because the drums sound like the 50s. Yeah, know? and I literally just tracked over top of the original drums, and they just blended seamlessly. And right, I'm, I'm, I'm good. So it just gave me that confidence. All right, these are done. I don't need to worry about it. I don't need to spend two hours freaking out. So just having the tune bot there saved me a lot of time. So. Love it. All right, now we're at 500 and under. I went <clears throat> 500 on the dot. Okay. I literally found I. I have a problem. I've got four choices in this category. Oh, my God. (laughs) If there's anything in my bank account, I need to get it to exactly zero. You can't have any change? Nope. If you say you have 500 to spend, I will spend all 500. (laughs) Uh, So, $500. Well, my my real recommendation is this. Get yourself a set of 15-inch hi-hats. 
That's the recommendation for under 500. Holy you can find cow. them. I have 15 inch hi hats. Do you really? <laughs> oh my God. Okay, so the practice pad thing was just a fluke. We're still friends. I've got Zildjian Avidus 15 inch hi hats. They will work on every gig. That is awesome. I've got, so my 15 inch choice, since I uh, don't want to make it a minor thing, is the Istanbul Agop 15 inch signature hats. Yeah. Wow. Every time I hear somebody play those, I'm always thinking, what are those hats? And it's, it's always those. So I love those hats. I think that having a set of 15s in your lineup, I can't even tell you how much you'll use them. And it might go to the point that they become your norm. Maybe those become your new 14s. Mm. But it's, it's definitely worth having for sure. Crazy. So that means I only have three to pick from. Um, should I go obvious? I found the Yamaha EAD10 for 500 bucks. So. Yeah, that's. I didn't even think about that, and it's something that I use quite frequently, yeah. and it's something I recommend quite frequently. I think it's. I honestly think it's a no-brainer for all the slack that some people like to give it. They kind of forget the fact that this is a plug-and-play. It works. It's not going to sound like you've got sixteen microphones on the drum kit, but you plug it in, you get some cool sounds. I run it as a parallel, like I run the main out of that into my my real studio setup and then i have like a compression channel that i can mess with or I use the reverb or some of the weird stuff so just as a practice tool it's amazing because you just turn it on and play and it sounds good it also offers a lot of creative potential it has all the inputs for extra triggers so you can really expand has a metronome it. built in so yeah i mean and you can record straight onto it i think it's yeah and i think that probably the most innovative part of that whole thing that people just are, are reluctant to dive into is the app yeah, the app is I mean, great. The app does so much. It, it allows you to play to any track you want. It'll be it'll map out the tempo of the of like songs that are in your iTunes library. Yeah, um, it, there's a lot of cool stuff with that. So I I, I I second that motion. Okay, so then maybe we should. Do you have another one? Nope. I, mine was 15 inch hi hats. I was going to recommend some Zildjian stuff, and then I realized I don't know anything about Zildjian. So. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just because I, I I mean I wanted honestly my my 15 inch hats if you get them used the ones I use are the uh, Foundry Reserves they are my Grail hi hats I yeah. have refused to play anything since What's the day their I got price them. Price point they're a little bit higher. Yeah, I think they're five ninety nine new. Oh, you can bad. find them used for five hundred. But okay. the Istanbul Agop 15 inch signature hats I was able to find them over at my good friend Dom Bennett's drum studio in Seattle, Washington. Uh, that's where Cole Paramore works, our oh, okay. listener question from last week. Uh, I was able to find them for 500 I will say this. It is 550 cents. <laughs> so I'm 50 cents over, but I don't care. I'll give you two quarters. All right, let's go up to the $1,000 mark. Oh, my goodness. All right. All right, I could go tricky or... Hmm. How many, how many picks do you have? I have two picks, but now I'm thinking I could I could go back to my 500 picks and combine them into, into one. <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna do that for sure. I was gonna do like a sweepstakes where I'm like, and here's your interface and your two mics <laughs> and your blah blah blah. So, um, well, I'll go first, and then you can kind of rattle off a few. Okay. So the overall category, just like in the 500 range, my category was 15 inch hi hats. My category for under a thousand is get yourself a bop kit. Hmm. Uh, get one you'll use it more than you know you might even if you're a rock guy like i was it might be your practice kit but eventually it's a great way to not have to completely change your main kit and maybe you want to learn how to play off the bass drum get yourself a bob kit don't put a pillow in it learn how to play off the bass drum 
take it to smaller gigs, put a pillow in the bass drum. It's because it's a bop kit. It's just sizes. It doesn't mean you have to play jazz on it. Every mm-hmm. time someone sits down at a bop kit for some weird reason, they start playing a swing pattern. Yeah, like, what are you jazz, doing? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, just play drum set. Like you're fine. You're allowed to play drum set on it. So get a bop kit. But my recommendation. Normally, my recommendation would probably be the Gretsch Renown or a Thomas Silverstar in those sizes. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm sorry, the Gretsch uh, Catalina Club. That's mm-hmm. what I meant. But I didn't know that. I guess at some point, Gretsch must have just released a ton of Renowns in Bop sizes. 18, oh, 12, right. 14. And the Renown shell is such a better shell than the Catalina. Mm-hmm. So I'm able to find a Renown Maple. So you get the awesome mounting system, virgin bass drum, or you can have the bass drum with a hole in it. Um, I'm able to find it for $9.99 on Reverb, um, and that's new. So a bobkit, now there's no snare, no hardware, but I mean, you're looking at like an actual, I could take this into a studio and track with this. This is a professional level kit. So the Gretsch Renown bobkit, three-piece, 18, 12, 14, and 14 is on legs. Uh, I think that it's a it's a no brainer to have a bop kit. Now, if you happen to find a Mapex or a Sonar or a PDP, PDP has one that I really love in their concept series. It, but it was over that. Uh, actually, sorry, it's eight ninety nine. Mm. But I found one that had wood hoops. Oh yeah, Those I was cool. like, oh, that's that's pretty dope. So, um, so yeah, my recommendation for under a grand is get a bop kit. Decisions, decisions. So. I think you need, if you have this much money and you're in any interest in building a studio to record your drums, you need a really good interface. And I like the Arturia AudioFuse 8 Pre. That's the one that I went to London to demo. Kind of blown away with it. I'm also really digging the plugins that they give along with this thing. So it's kind of winning me over. And I'm I'm an Apollo user i use the yeah. uad stuff but this thing is pretty badass and it's under a thousand bucks so arturia audio fuse 8 pre and then get their um what do they call it like three compressors you'll actually use pack three preamps you'll actually use pack and they just put out maybe it's over hopefully not a free plate uh reverb plugin that's just Ooh. beautiful so nice very cool. I was actually, for my 1000, I was trying to find an 8-channel interface. I was looking at the Scarlet one that we've recommended in the past, mm-hmm. but it was it was breaking the $1,000 barrier. Uh, Not yeah. by much, but I couldn't, and I, I couldn't find a used one. Um, by the way, guys and gals, you know, I Mike and I talk a lot about supporting your local drum shop. One thing that I do love about Reverb, even though it is run, I'm assuming it's it's run by the Chicago Music Exchange guys, right? Uh, Reverb was just purchased by um, Pinterest. Oh, that's right. I I think think you told me that. Yeah. Okay. So the the one thing I the same people, I believe, but you know, okay, the money is coming from elsewhere now. The thing that I love about Reverb is I'm looking at Gretsch kits right now, and I'm looking at RBC Music in uh, Wisconsin, Sound Pure in North Carolina, Drum Superstore in Indiana. So yeah. I, I'm still shopping at different local dealers. Yeah. I just have it all in one place. Yeah. And and yeah. it's a mix of there are certain things that I want new and there are certain things that I am absolutely willing to get used. And I'm not talking about vintage gear. I'm just gear in general. Like if I'm looking for an Audix D6 kick mic, I don't mind if it's used. Save me a hundred bucks mm. when we find a used one. Right. And I'll you know, and, and a lot of these are not you would think like, oh, but that's like an eBay thing where it's from a specific person. Sometimes, but a lot of times it's from shops. And mm. shops have tons of used gear, and this is a great place to do it. So my free recommendation is reverb.com. All right. 
So Would hopefully. you like to sponsor this podcast, Reverb? <laughs> Please contact Modern Drummer, mdinfo at moderndrummer.com. And it is time to go into the studio with two buns, one gun, Gunnar Olsen. Two buns, one gun, not two, not two guns, one bun. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, man. Practice pads rule. <laughs> yeah, so um, when? how long ago was that that we did that? <laughs> Uh, I said practice match rule, and you said yeah. So uh, <laughs> uh, I got green tea everywhere. Also brought to you by I am Oh man, right. so Gunnar Olson, he is a badass. Let's just let's just put it out there. So he to me symbolizes what it means to be a professional working drummer in 2020 and on. He's got huge credits. He's also gigs he tours with you know smaller regional bands and, and national bands he's on the springsteen record he's been a session drummer for uh, goo goo dolls and a bunch of other stuff and his day-to-day work i believe is making royalty-free music for facebook youtube and, and instagram and other other outlets via his own company so talk about a diverse way to make a living just hitting yeah. drums and producing drum recordings pretty amazing Absolutely. And I think that his playing is, we talked about it in the very beginning of this podcast, but his playing is extremely inspirational because he's the pro version of the everyman drummer. Mm-hmm. His parts are not insanely complicated, even though he can go there. Every once in a while you'll see him on Instagram kind of flex a little, but mo- the stuff he's getting paid for is fairly simple. It's just really, really well done at the highest quality. Yep. And I will say this, are we going to, uh, by the way, are we going to play any of the audio from that video that yes. you sent me? Yes. So, okay. Yeah, we'll talk about that because in because in that I that was my first time hearing him speak to a camera. Mm. You know, from being my friend for a long time, that I judge that stuff probably harder than I judge the drumming. Mm-hmm. And it, I was shocked at how comfortable he was on camera, mm-hmm. how good he was at explaining what he was doing and why he was doing it. And I, I really, in that six-minute video, which I hope you will all go see, because one, it's a really well-produced video. But in that six-minute video, I went from being a guy who knew about him through you and through this podcast to being a fan. Mm-hmm. In six minutes, I was like, okay. Because you're drumming, that's cool, man. But if I don't know who you are, I don't know if I'm ready to commit to being a fan. <laughs> right, right. And when I saw that video, I felt like I got a chance to hang out with him. And I was like, cool. I'm actually now a fan of this guy's and I'm in his corner. I'm going to be a cheerleader for him going forward because of his personality and the vibe he gave, gave off while creating something. Some other people could create the same stuff and give you that vibe of like, just do this. It's like, well, mm. clearly I wouldn't be watching this video if I could just do this. Yeah. I watched it because I want to know how you did it because I don't know how to do it. Yeah, I don't. So like I thought it was it. really cool. So we should. Yeah. How many times have you met someone that you love the way they play, and then you realize you don't like them at all, and then you no longer love the way they play? <laughs> That's happened to me Absolutely. so many times. First time that I hung out with Taylor Swift, I was like, "What is your problem? I'm <laughs> such a fan of your music. Why are you being so mean to me, T Swizz?" Yeah, I've been there, man. Oh man. So let's give a quick synopsis of Gunner's career, which I think again it parallels at least because we're of the same generation. Uh, yeah. You know, joins a band. They want to take over the world being rock stars. It's it's in the wave of Nirvana, kind of making it possible for everyone to be in a rock band again. Um, but, and this band got signed. They toured. They live. you know, did the, the low-budget touring for a while. 
but he made a good impression on an executive at the record label that his band was signed to. So that band eventually never really made it, but someone at the record label loved the way he played, and that's how he got recommended to play with Goo Goo Dolls, OAR, Gavin DeGraw, a bunch of other stuff. So just making wow. that first impression with the executive who I guess was was controlling his band's contract was like, hey, why don't you come in the studio and do some session work? Boom, that's it. That just yep. that one connection. Obviously, he could deliver the goods, but so then from there, you know, he started becoming more of a freelance session drummer, and then just taking tours here and there. But it just see how that it was that initial. First of all, it came from just a pure place. I just want to play drums. My band wants to just tour and be rock stars and pay me ten bucks, and it's all good. <laughs> you know. Right. And then it became well, you're actually really talented at this recording thing, so why don't you come play on a Google Goo Dolls record? Boom. Now you're playing with Springsteen. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean that, and we, we've mentioned it many times on this podcast, but I really thought he photoshopped himself into That's those amazing. pictures. Amazing. Because um, I didn't know, I didn't know, I can only study so many drummers, <laughs> and I'm not, I'm sorry, I'm not digging deep into somebody who's named Gun Buns. <laughs> Actually, I'm not digging deep at all. Anyways. Oh, man, so uh, let's drop in some audio. So this video that, that he produced and gave, gave us to Modern Drummer to post on our website it's this for for the company that he collaborates with called Track Tribe. So tracktribe.com they did this little quick behind the scenes session video where he's basically showing up to the studio where he works almost every day. And this is the company that makes music for YouTube and Facebook for these royalty free libraries. So they did three songs in one day, three very different songs. So we're going to just drop in some of the audio from each of those tracks. And in the whole video, which is linked in the show notes, he explains more of the concept behind each one. But I just wanted to illustrate how diverse he is and how quick. I mean, this is all like one day. They went from nothing to three finished tracks within one session. So let's check out some of that. trick I like to do, I want to get that kind of older, dead center sound, is I'll actually take out this bottom lug right here. So on a song that's kind of electronic bass like this, if I'm going to bother to add live drums, I want something with a lot of character. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess without the, the voiceover, you know, the context is kind of important. So that last bit... He was, he took an approach of there was a loop with a lot of like kick drum information and stuff. So he's playing over top of the loop without actually playing any bass drum. So he's playing hi hat, snare, toms, and cymbals, but not hitting the bass drum, and and melding his live playing with the really tight programming. Yeah, and I, I love too when you get to see, I mean that stuff that that last track for someone like me that uses royalty free music in all my videos just for bumpers in and out. That is almost the YouTube sound. It's like mm-hmm. this new wave, but with modern recording. And what's so cool, if if you guys, you really should watch this video. When you watch this video, 
you can see right away, oh my gosh, this dude is a rock drummer. Mm-hmm. Like he's hitting hard. But when you hit that hard and you squash it enough that it has a tiny bit of crunch to it, it fits perfect in this genre. So, you know, I mean, just watching his style fit so many different genres because he knows the world that he's recording mm-hmm. in, he plays appropriately. It's it's really cool. And, man, there's just something about that level of confidence for whatever you're playing. When he does that little double flam fill between the rack and the snare, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> right. and, there's no hesitance. There's no like, I wonder if I should do a Swiss triplet with a little a linear, like, blah, 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 boosh, scant, scant. Yeah. Like, that's the type of confidence that allows you to not rush or drag coming into and out of a fill. You have to have confidence to know what you're doing. When you do it like that, it's pretty pretty epic. Yeah, it's also the, the idea of, you know, we can't spend three days on these three songs because then the return isn't worth it. So just get something that sounds great right away. Go for it, first instinct. I, I would assume that's yeah. the way he approaches this stuff. It's like, don't overthink it. Just play something cool and get on with it. And right. he and I both bonded over the 15-inch Avidus hi-hats. Those are his favorite as well. <laughs> oh, nice. Nice. The, the Minel Foundry Reserves. Those are great. <laughs> okay, so if I would have recommended Zildjian's, they would have been the 15-inch. What were they? Avidus. Yeah, prob- well, yep. I mean, you probably would would favor more like the... Um, K-Darks? Yeah, the, the lights, the K-Lights. K-Lights? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, going back to that w- without too much, 15-inch hi-hats are just, they're just fun to play, to be honest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah, but so. he sounds fantastic. I, I think the other thing is, I don't know who shot this video, who edited this video, but this is really well done. Yeah, yeah, so t- check it out. It's on moderndrummer.com. It's also linked in the show notes. Um, and if you're not, and the whole story, obviously, is on the website, too, so please read it. I think it's a really good glimpse of what it means to be you know, a high level professional drummer in, in the current business. Um, yeah. yeah. And his kid's cool. And he's doing lots of cool stuff with pedals that we haven't gone into. Just check out his Instagram page. You'll see almost every day he's putting up something like, all right, that's something no one's ever done before. That's so funny that he's on Bruce Springsteen's latest album. Yeah. And we just spent 15 minutes talking about him playing jingles for YouTube. <laughs> Anyways, if you want to hear him drop the heat, Bruce Springsteen's <laughs> latest album is called Western Stars. Check it out because he just was like bored one day and did that. Uh, okay, so are we jumping into the Zildjian FX stacks now? We have to thank our sponsor first. <laughs> Do we even have sponsors anymore? <laughs> Once again, we need to thank our sponsor, Dream Symbols. Um, I kind of in the intro covered everything, but you should go to the website dreamsymbols.com, look at the products tab. Um, there they've they've put audio samples of pretty much everything they offer there. So you can just have a you know just click around, check out different stuff. If I'm gonna push you into a direction, um, depending on what you're into. If you're into kind of vintage old school jazz sounds, check out the Bliss, Vintage Bliss, Bliss and Contact series. If you want something that's maybe a little bit more more robust, check out the Energy series. If you want something really dry and articulate and kind of funky, check out the Dark Matter. Um, and then also make sure you look at some of their more abstract kind of special effects. They've got their ReFX line. They've got Pangs. They've got Stackers. They also have Kurtales, which are really beautiful melodic sounds. And they have tuned gongs. Definitely look at some of their gongs and, and more kind of traditional Chinese instruments. So go to dreamsymbols.com. Look at the products tab. Have a look around. Go check out your dealer and request some of this stuff. Um, that's it. Let's get back to the show. So um, what are we talking about? 
Zildjian FX stacks? Yes, so I reviewed, they sent me this whole stack of, of stacks. So they sent me <laughs> 8, 10, 12, 14, 16-inch stacks. Um, if you haven't seen them, what they are, it's it's two symbols and also comes with a, a special symbol thing. So you can keep the symbols stacked permanently and then just plop them on and off your symbol stand, which I think is the coolest cool. feature. So if you don't use them that all the release. time, you just... Yeah. Just take off your crash, pop one of these up. You don't have to worry about readjusting it, and you can set the tension between the two, so it, it's as loose or as tight it's as you always. Want. Yeah, and I think that that being able because that's dialing in the tension of your stack is the hardest part. You know, if you mm-hmm. go too tight, there's this weird overtone yep. that lasts forever. If you go too loose, they don't sizzle enough, and so being able to be like, okay, I got it in its sweet spot. And now I just quick release it on and off. That's amazing. Yeah, I don't know what they're made of, but one of them looks bronze and one of them looks. Steel, steel. <laughs> but I think yeah. they—I think they might be both steel. I don't know, or brass. I don't even know. I didn't ask because I don't care. Because you put them on top of each other and you hit them, and they sound what they yeah. sound like. And we both know that the worse they are, the better they are. Well, yeah, that's the right? thing in the stack world. Like you don't want it to be this insanely overcrafted nine hundred dollars stack. It's yeah. like these aren't nine hundred dollars. Yeah, the eight hundred pair is ninety nine ninety five. The Okay. The eight inch <laughs> pair is eight, is did I say eight hundred pair? The eight yeah, inch pair is under a hundred bucks. The sixteen inch pair is under one seventy. So, you know they are what they are. Yeah. You're supposed to kind of smash them up. Um, so, it, uh, you want to listen to them first? Do you want to? I think them? we should. Yeah.
So first thing I noticed was how the articulation is super tight on these mm-hmm. to the point that you're able to play doubles just fine. Yeah, they sounded like electronic hi-hats to me more than like stacks. Yeah, so I don't see the... If if you have something in your head as what a stacker is, this is not what these are. It's these are yet. definitely... It's not a china with a crash on it. It's not that bad. Right. Uh, these are definitely something to be played as almost like auxiliary hi-hats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is how you're playing them. Yeah, so the smaller ones, I think, lended better for that really tight sound. I think I I, I kind of go back and forth. I like the, the 14s, I think, were my favorite just as a general okay. use. But if you want to do that real quick articulate stuff, the 8s and 10s were really fun. Um, I prefer, they recommend you, you set them up either with you know both bells facing up or like hi-hats with you know one bell up, one up, bell down. I think I preferred them in the hi-hat setup for, some, okay. for whatever reason. Uh, maybe it just felt more like hi hats rather than two symbols like dead symbols stacked on top of each other. Man, I gotta say though, I mean, if the 16s are 169, I can only assume the 14s are just a, a little bit lower than that. Somewhere around 150 for something like this. Yeah, I, just just get it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's kind of what I feel like. They they were smart about not spending a ton on the materials that makes it and just have them do what they need to do. So it's it's not hand hammered bronze. It, it's you know, it's machined pieces of metal that do what they do, and they sound exactly what I want them to sound like, which is like a drum machine hi hat. I want to hit that pad and have it do that sound, and that's what it sounds like to me. Um, awesome. And you can adjust. So the symbol is probably the, the biggest thing to explain. It has two. It's like a it's a it's a threaded rod with two bolts on either side. So you can you can adjust the tension independently from what's on your actual symbol stand. So. And it is pretty tight. At first, I even asked Diligent, I was like, are these supposed to be that tight? Because the threading, it, it was tough to get the threading on the first time. Okay. And they said yes, and that will, it will slightly ease up over time, but it's designed to never loosen up while you're playing, so it's, it won't come off. You know, I'm, I'm kind of in agreement with that because I know that that was always the toughest thing. For me, with um, the DW cymbal stands, you know how you can loosen the seat of the cymbal stand mm-hmm. and thread it down so i would always c- crank my wing nut until it was at a point where it wouldn't go anymore and then i'd adjust from the bottom and then from then on out it was like please don't change because i used to play the stacker all the time it's like please don't change because i've got it right at the sweet spot mm-hmm. so i'm you know but these i i wasn't expecting these i guess the industry has trained us that a stacker is a muted china you know, yeah. a distorted muted china. And so for the I think this is an actual addition to the symbol landscape, which isn't there right now, which is really cool. Yeah, I think it sounds to me more purpose like more deliberate than if you took like two splashes and maybe drilled some holes in one of them. Like that still sounds right. a little hollow, like two splashes. These sound like yeah. they have their thing. Very digital, uh, very articulate. Not super yeah. loud either. A lot of times stackers no, no, are super I mean, harsh and these aren't super totally. loud. And uh, yeah, and that price point's just insane. So awesome! So out. everyone, go check out the Zildjian FX stacks. Uh, do you know if they're available already? Yeah, yeah, they're they're okay. They were debuted at Nam this past Nam show, so they should be everywhere. Oh, awesome! Awesome, get some. All right, let's get into some Q and A. All right, so let's try to see. I've got five here. Let's see how quickly we can get through. Todd, is there a perfect size base from Pillow? Is it better to touch one or both heads? I put a note that Oof. that would be a feature topic that we were going to actually demo the the sounds, but I figured we could yes. just give our thoughts on it quickly. Absolutely, I, it's at least in my opinion, it's seasoned to taste. 
it is not better. Nothing's yeah. better. What's better is a good sounding bass drum. Yeah. So you should try it touching the batter head and not the rezo head, then the rezo head, not the batter head, then both heads. And you should also have someone else play your bass drum for you while you're doing mm-hmm. this. Because uh, that's the thing that's confusing is what you hear is not what the crowd will hear. It's not what the microphone will hear. Obviously, if you can record yourself, that's even better. Uh, but it, it just depends on what sounds you're going for, for sure. Yeah, experiment. It's drum to drum, too. It's not like one yep. rule is going to work on every drum. I had a Birch drum that if the front head, front head was dampened at all, it just sounded like crap. So that oh, drum, really? wow. it just had to have a wide open front head for whatever reason. There you go. All right, next one is from Bob. Um, I have a... I have a DW kick drum that's 20 by 20. So he's, um, says I have a very, 20 by 20. yeah, that's a, that's a cannon. I have a very reputable yeah. repair person who's willing to cut it down. What depth would you recommend? I have a frequent flyer kit with a 12 by 20. So I was thinking either 14 or 16 for this one. Ooh, let's see. That changes things when you have the, the 12 by 20. Mm-hmm. Cause initially I'm thinking 14, just, just do it. It's awesome. It's my favorite size, but you have the 12, maybe the, the 16 by 20 might be the way to go. What do you think? Um, I would have to see where the holes are in the shell from the old hardware. I think that will affect it because you got to put the bearing edge somewhere and you don't want to cut right. the bearing. You don't want to cut the new bearing edge where the holes for your lugs were before. So yep. that'll probably affect it. But I, would go. I would go 14 no matter what. 14 is my favorite. I have, I mean, that's what my 60s kit is. And that's what all of my newest Gretches are. So it's just a great versatile size. All right. Next one is from Mike. What is your preferred snare drum size, diameter, and depth, and why? And does the shell material affect your desired size of the snare drum? That's interesting. Great question. This is another practice pad Mike versus Mike thing because we <laughs> definitely differ on this. Go ahead, buddy. Uh, preferred snare drum size. If I can only use one drum for the rest of my life, it's a 6 and a half by 14 does the material affect that? Um, no, because I would go with aluminum or I would go with maple or I would go with birch or steel in that size. No. So deeper for me, <laughs> deeper drum because it like gives me more headroom if I want to play like rock music on it. Yeah. I, um, I totally agree. A five and a half by 14 is probably <laughs> your best. <laughs> yeah. For me, it's five and a half by 14. And I will say for a fact, it's not even... It's not that I hear a, a difference or a massive difference between a five and a half and a six and a half. I do think Mike is correct. If it's a student and I know that they're leaning towards the heavier side, the rock side, I always recommend a six and a half by 14. For me, five and a half gives me a little best of both worlds between the five and the six and a half. But a lot of it honestly comes down to the look. When I see a six and a half instantly in my head, I'm just thinking rock studio mm. session. And when I see a five and a half, I'm thinking fusion, funk. Um, different genres that are more geared towards where I'm going now. So I think it's just personal preference. And no, the the all of my snares are five and a half or five, and it doesn't matter what the material is. Mm-hmm. All right, let's do one more. Um, this is from Dan. Um, I've been working on a lot of challenging independence exercises, and they've been a lot of fun to work through, but it's hard for me to tell if they are paying off. I find that after several months of learning a new exercise, I eventually internalize it well, but it doesn't show up in my plane in a way that I can notice, which can feel defeating. How do you ensure that you're getting meaningful and practical value of an independence exercise? Um, This is the centerpiece of uh, what I teach, so should I jump in? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Improvise with it. (laughs) 
<laughs> there's your answer. If you like whatever you're working now, this goes back. I think we talked about it last week or two weeks ago about focusing on one very specific thing to practice rather than left foot independence as a general concept. So, right. Let's say you're working on left foot independence. Master placing one note on the downbeat, one note on the E, one note on the end, one note on the uh, over whatever ostinato you want to play, and then spend five minutes improvising with just that limited material. If you can do that and not trip over yourself, then I think you've mastered material, and not only mastered it, you become fluent with it. Therefore, it's going to show up when you're speaking in a natural musical experience. So improvisation at every step of the way has been my motto. For the past five years, um, we just don't do yeah. enough of it. I totally agree. I mean, it's it's definitely what stops all of my campers in their tracks. Is I give them material, they they hunker down and they do it. We go into my private lesson room, and I'm like, all right, let's trade fours with this parameter. Mm-hmm. Game over. Yeah. Like, I mean, frozen in their tracks. And um, the only thing I will say is, just to his point, a lot of times, and I went through this too. Keep in mind, I was touring in my 20s as a rock drummer, but that's also when I was learning about four-way independence that's when thomas lang had just kind of shown up in america Mm -hmm. and was exploding and i went through all that same stuff too and then horacio did the modern drummer festival so we all had to learn left foot clave and yeah in in my new metal band at no point did i be like and here comes left foot clave (laughs) on 13 inch hi-hats that no one will hear what happens is that type of independence work gave me a totally different type of practical independence. The practical independence was that I had the independence to turn my body on autopilot and think, am I too loud? Am I too quiet? Should I accent this specific note? So it was never a thing where, and here comes Tumbao with the feet and flamadiddles with the hands. <laughs> it, it, that's, that's, that's an exercise. Practical independence is you sitting in the moment and feeling truly comfortable and truly independent to play whatever you want. And when the fill comes up, let's say you're in the chorus and you didn't even realize that your left foot was playing eighth notes on the hi-hat. And you're keeping time with it. You didn't even realize, but now it's time to fill out of the chorus into the verse you can keep those those left that left foot eighth note pattern going. You can turn it off. You can splash it with the left foot to fade it out. There's so many. You have you have a totally different type of independence that's practical through the vegetables of independence work. Hopefully that helps. So that's it for our questions. We could use actually we could use some questions. So send them over to mdinfo at moderndrummer.com. We still probably have about a half a dozen or so to get through, but uh, I think we knocked out a bunch of them the past two episodes. Uh, this is our last episode for 2019, just so you know. It is. Did I say yeah. otherwise? No, I'm just saying. <laughs> dude, I mean, y'all send in some questions because 2019, we, it only took us one year to get through all your questions, but we did it on the last day. Here's a, here's a pro Boom. tip. If you want to get featured sooner, send us an audio question because we need Absolutely. We We're like going. that. We're going big with audio in 2020. We're going to bring you guys a lot more audio-specific stuff. We're also going to be changing the educational format for you to benefit the format that you're listening to. So Mike and I will be doing a little meeting at NAM, and we will be improving this podcast for you. You guys have turned this into something that, if you remember episode one, Mike and I truly had no idea what we were doing. I think we did that but one really, twice. We did. <laughs> Episode 1A is lost. Thank God. It's deleted. No one needs to ever hear that. But you guys have turned this into something much bigger than we thought of in the first. You know, when this thing came out, this was not me approaching Modern Drummer and saying, this will be the future. And, you know, it was like, hey, 
I'm going to do a podcast. Mm. Do you guys want to be a part of it? <laughs> and then that turned into something different, which is, you know what? Me doing a podcast by myself is going to have a certain dynamic to it. If I could have someone else do it with me, it would have it would be twice as interesting. And then the fact that Mike and I see eye to eye on so many things, but approach it from such different ways. That's how this became what it was. It was supposed to be fun. And now it's kind of blown up into something pretty incredible and it affects a lot of people. And we are truly, truly thankful that you've been on this journey with us. Absolutely. We don't want to jump the shark, but we want to just step it up a notch and and keep it, keep it true to form, but you know, not plan it out. Friday morning before that we produced the podcast. That's the goal. <laughs> we noticed while looking back that our best episodes were ones that we actually put some effort into. <laughs> all right, that's too much transparency. We always put effort into this thing. We're not getting a producer. We don't need one. Everyone, thank you guys so much for being along with us. Thank you guys for all the reviews. When I look at the podcast reviews, it kind of blows me away how many of them there are and how positive they are. That's what has helped other drummers find this podcast. I always say that at the end, but I really, truly mean it. I mean, that's that's the algorithm. Hey, this thing's catching fire. Yeah. Let's show it to more people that are searching for drum-related podcasts. And you guys did that for us, and we couldn't be more thankful. So we will see you guys in 2020. Mr. Dawson, have an amazing holiday, my friend. No, it's already over. Christmas is over. Have a happy oh, new year. Crap. <laughs> Dude, I love my new bop kit that I got. Uh, I, you know what? I, I actually ordered something. I can say this because my wife's never going to listen. But did I tell you that I bought a, uh, I ordered a bass drum head for her? What, like a custom head? Yeah, she hates hates my bass drum head that's on my oh, vintage kit because it's the original, original head. Wow, but that's she thinks cool. it has West Nile. Oh no! What are you going to do with it? Frame it? Oh, I'm keeping it for sure. <laughs> I'm keeping it. I, it's going back on the kit. But I actually had. Uh, um, I'll, I'll give the shout out next week, but I had a lady in the UK paint a uh, bass drum head. Uh, Amber's favorite animal on the planet, besides dogs, obviously, is an elephant. So it's got like a really cool, manly elephant head, nice. but kind of over where the porthole would be. So it's not taking up the whole head. It's yeah. very tasteful, but it's the one thing that she mentions every time she comes into the studio. <laughs> so I just want her to come in Christmas morning and just see this like brand new clean disease free head so that's amazing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and like literally the 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 artist that i hired once she checked my instagram page she was like you don't have a drum head endorsement i'm like no i do they just can't paint elephants on it for me <laughs> and she's like oh because you should you should contact somebody i'm like i'm fine i I just want to do this for my wife. Let me pay for it. It's funny. I mean, that that song I was talking about recording last night, I looked at the bass drum. It has the original Ludwig Weathermaster head from 1968. The batter head. It still has the original. The batter head? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm not changing it. It just sounded too good. Sorry, Are you going Amber. fluffy, Peter? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, take that, Amber. Yeah, well, I don't know how to tell her, like, hey, I, this is a rental period. This head will be on the kit. I will give you, I'm buying you three months. <laughs> but I have to go back to the original head. I love that head. It's, it's awesome. This drum's going to sound so bad with the new head on it. <laughs> I know. Oh, God, that would just kill my soul. All right, everybody. I hope you guys had an amazing oh, holiday. Man. And we will see you guys next week. Oh, we've got uh, Kyle Denny sending us off on his new Pearl Music City Custom Maple Reserve kit. Thanks, Kyle. Ooh, Kyle went big. He did. All right. Adios. Late. <laughs>